Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And you're about to get jumped. Welcome to episode 160 of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch the anime. This week on Get Jumped, we're watching Yu Yu Hakusho episodes 59 through 64, where a sword is upgraded into a fly swatter, Yusuke gets into bondage, and Genkai looks like poo. Well, I, I was gonna say that Genkai looks like Pooh is a cheap joke where Genkai looks like Pooh as well because she's worm food and then after she's eaten, she's gonna be turned back into Pooh. Um, but uh, really quick, uh, a sword being turned into a fly swatter is an upgrade at any point of a sword as long as said fly swatter is an electrified sl- fly swatter like it is in this show. And uh, I mean, if you if you have one of those, you can really you can really go anywhere, and you can do anything with reading Rainbow. Anyways, let's jump in. Wow, what a nice little transition there. Yeah, I uh, sometimes sometimes I go on a journey. <laughs> yeah, you know, I never quite know where you're going uh with those and that's so much of the fun of it it's just like what's gonna happen here yeah well hey everybody uh so we are back with more yu haka show goodness this week but uh first and foremost we have to talk about the biggest elephant news in the room which is oh my god man did you see the news uh, about the netflix series uh, for yeah. uh, Cowboy Bebop. Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, except for we got confirmation that one of the most important pieces is still in place, which is that Yoko Kano, the creator of the fantastic original soundtrack for Cowboy Bebop, is on board for the Netflix series. And honestly, one of the biggest things about Cowboy Bebop is not only is it very well written and also very well animated, but the soundtrack ties it together and makes it just a step above other anime. And Yoko Kano is essential to that. Um, and because of that, I am uh, learning number one, that all of this got blessings from the creator of the original show. And number two, the original creator of the soundtrack is back the more I see, the more excited I get. And the interview with John Joe, where he talked about how like he, he wanted to respect the source material and respect uh, the way that the source material was originally done, even in the dubbed version is just like, man, I just, I, I'm getting so pumped for it at, at this point. At this point, I am, I am fully ready to get on board. And uh, I, I'm just, I'm crossing my fingers at this point. Yeah. I think also uh, another exciting piece of information from this was something that maybe I I didn't know, but everybody else did, which is that they mentioned that it's coming out later this year. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, I can't remember if they said fall or winter. Yeah, it's but, fall. Um, bef- yeah, so probably, I don't know. I would guess October-ish or something, but maybe earlier even. Um, so we, we're going to be able to see this this year. This is so exciting. Um, so yeah, I uh, obviously, I think Spencer and I are both 
cautiously optimistic, but more on the optimistic than cautious end of things. Uh, because, yeah, the news has been really good. So uh, there have been a couple of people in our Discord that have had mixed mixed reactions to this. Some people are pumped. Some people are not pumped. And I, I would say uh, there's a lot of reasons to be excited. Yoko Kano is a big, big reason. I mean, the music is going to be great even if the show isn't. So that's something to look forward to. Yeah, the original creator has has given his blessing to what they're doing. John Cho and the head writer, whose name I don't know, are both Cowboy Bebop fans, and this is a passion project of theirs. Um, there, there are there are a lot of reasons to be skeptical or to be concerned, largely based around the very poor track record of live action adaptations for anime in the past. Um, I don't know. I think Ghost in the Shell was supposed to be decent, but not very good. Like yeah. just sort of middling. Yeah, know? it was also like, like nothing, rot with nothing controversy. <laughs> right. Uh, but you know, the movie itself it, it sounds it sounds like unlike the anime movie, which was groundbreaking, uh it sounds like the live action movie was just kind of a forgettable blockbuster. And if it hadn't been for the controversy, probably nobody would remember it. Um, I think battle angel Alita also had similar reactions where I, you know, I felt like it was, I felt like it as a live action film embraced some of the sort of like conflict tropes of anime that I really enjoy that, that you don't see a lot in live action. So I felt like it was a better anime adaptation than most but again it was really mixed it wasn't perfect it wasn't like you know it's just it's hard to do these things um so uh one person in particular in our discord who i don't remember the name off the top of my head i'm not gonna look it up because i'm not trying to call them out i'm just trying to say that they they expressed a reluctance to feel excited for this uh because there is a long track record of these kinds of things not going well. And I think that that is uh, a, a pretty reasonable position to take, but I think that it's more fun to be cautiously optimistic. And I think that there is more than enough evidence to show that this is probably going to be one of the better adaptations, even if it's not nearly as good as we'd all like it to be. I still think it'll be, I think it'll be near the top of the pack that doesn't get anywhere near the top of, where it should be, if that makes sense. Like it could be good in the, in, in the sort of middling way of ghost in the shell and, and battle angel Alita, or it could finally surpass those. And I think it has all, all of the pieces that it needs, or a lot of the pieces that it needs from the, from the information we have before the show comes out that indicate that it is going to have a good shot, cha- good chance to break the curse and actually give us a good live action adaptation. But I do think that, um, I do think it's, it's reasonable not to feel optimistic. Uh, it's definitely more fun to feel cautiously optimistic. So I'd encourage you to do so if you can. And, uh, you know, I would also encourage you not to let that cautiously optimistic lose the cautiously part because mitigating expectations will help if it doesn't go well, but it'll also help if it does go well, if your expectations get too high, then it won't be able to meet them. So I I would say there's a lot of good things to look forward to here, but um, you know, be excited and then keep that excitement contained. 
Speaking of uh, random new things as well, uh, we are on a, a bit of a crossover kick um, as, yeah. of, as of late. Um, uh, I was recently on the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast, which comes out the day that we're recording, but yesterday, if you're listening to this on Friday. Um, and so if you want to check out me over there uh, watching an anime that was just fine and playing a game that was super <laughs> fun... Um, you can definitely check that out over there. Um, we also are having one of the, uh, the Anime Addicts Anonymous people on our show, uh, for this upcoming Monday episode, um, which is exciting as well. Um, yeah, we're watching the Dragon Ball Z super movie, which it was, well, technically it's a Dragon Ball Z movie, but it's, it's basically a Dragon Ball Z super movie. And it's just like. Dragon Ball Z, Resurrection of Frieza, look at it, look at it, be another Dragon Ball thing. Um, <laughs> and then... Uh, it's a good episode. Yeah, and then I'm, I'm, we're also going to be on uh, an, another episode of Anime Out of Context, which is also really exciting. I have no idea when that episode is going to be coming out. Um, yeah, but- I get the impression that that's going to be a while, because we haven't recorded the second part of that. That's going to be next week, and then we'll... They said they've got a lot of episodes banked, and so I don't know how they're going to work us in. If they're going to like push us up in the in the order, or just kind of slot us in behind all of the other episodes that have been recorded but not released yet for them. So, yeah, who, who's to say? Yeah, they're, they're good people, and their Twitter's really fun. So I would follow them on Twitter, and they'll keep you up to date. Yeah, there's there's a bunch of there's a bunch of really fun stuff that we're doing. I I have another one that I I haven't recorded yet, so I'm. I'm hesitant to talk about it yet. Um, and then a, yet another one that Blake and I are going to be doing, which is a really exciting one as long as it comes to fruition. Um, but we'll talk about that more after we actually record it and uh, hopefully yeah, record the had, video of it as well. We've had so many special episodes uh, through our run as a podcast. like the, So we actually already recorded the Frieza one, and that was episode 37 of our specials, which does include interviews. So not all of those are crossovers, but uh, I think the interviews are maybe 10 10 of those things. So we've got like 20 20 or so crossovers that we've done on our channel so far, and uh, there are probably like five at least other crossovers that were scheduled, some of which we actually started recording there was that one time, remember, I don't even remember what we watched, and we started recording. Oh, uh, that was the saddest There was one. connection issues. They are still trying. They were in... Yeah, they're still trying to reschedule it. This was like three years ago. It. Yeah, we're, we're, we've been trying to reschedule it basically ever since. Um, and it was it was a, a very frustrating snafu. Um, I was still living in Portland at the time. Um and I think that the thing that sucked the most about it uh, was that it was a it was a really cool overseas crossover collaboration. Um, yeah. But we we could not make it happen because there was so much connectivity issue um, that it just. But we did record like twenty minutes or so. Yeah. And then we were like, well, we'll figure out the connection issues, and then we'll try to circle back in like a week or two and finish this. And then that is the last I heard of it. And I know you've been talking to them, but it's been mm-hmm. years. <laughs> yeah, it's the it's the so lost, it's just like it's the lost tapes of Blake and Spencer get jumped. <laughs> yeah, so we're just uh, you know that's the reason why we don't want to be like too much like this is what's coming up and this and this and this because mm-hmm. maybe something until will we happen. have it in the can, we're not a hundred percent sure. Yeah, 
But uh, but we have a lot of things kicking around, so it's a lot to be excited about. Yeah, the last thing that I wanted to make sure that I mentioned as well is that uh, we are going to be officially doing a uh, a manga club. Um, so it's going to be a manga, manga read a club, uh, read a, read and discuss club. Um, it's going to be happening every Friday. Um, there is a poll that is up that will be closed by the time that you listen to this. Um, but, uh, after, after we finish our, our first manga, we will definitely open up for a poll to replace that one. Um, so, well, and here's a solution too. If you missed the poll, um, I would say, uh, it's another time to consider joining our discord because that's how the poll was put up and how everybody's been talking about it. So Mm -hmm. if you missed it and you're grumbly about that, think about whether or not you are a discord person and then maybe join it because that's how you found out about it. And and the discussion is going to take place on the discord too. Um, it's mostly going to happen inside of chat, but, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to set aside like, like probably 30 minutes to do like a, like a video call or not a video call, but like a, a call so that we can like, actually discuss um which is exciting and new and we haven't done that yet but i'm i'm totally down for it um and it's it's exciting to be like finally reaching out and having like a connection point as well to like chat with people that are that are part of our discord um so yeah they're really cool i like everybody in there yeah especially now that we've been reviewing some of their suggestions with very negative reviews and they're always (laughs) like let's teach their own (laughs) um but uh the the last thing i'll say about this though is that uh uh i have i have a horse in the race and it's kaiju number eight and if we get kaiju number eight on there um you better all listeners come and be a part of this because kaiju number eight is not something to miss out on that is is probably one of my favorite manga that i have ever read um i am up to date on it currently and um, I am very excited to reread up to my current position, um, because it is, it is that solid of a manga. Um, so get excited if you're, if you want to be a part of that. Um, I don't think I have any more in news. Do you have anything before we get into these super important episodes of Yu Yu Show? Yeah. Uh, just a stupid personal thing. It's my birthday this weekend. Uh, I know I get really excited about the personal lives of podcast hosts for shows that I'm listening to. So if you're like me, you might like to know that I am turning 32 this weekend. Yeah, he's that he's, is great. He's officially then, he's going to be officially two years past gay death. Yeah, that's true. I will have been dead for two years, fully decomposed. It's going to be great. So uh, also a reminder: a new show is coming. Um, so we've got this episode of Yu Yu Hakusho. Then. You know, this is assuming all goes as planned. So you get this episode of Yu Yu Hakusho, then Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, then Kill a Kill. So that Kill a Kill episode that's coming up is our last Kill a Kill episode. We're covering the final episodes of that show. So what that means is that in, in four time slots after that episode, once we do another full rotation, we will have a new show to replace it. And what that also means is that you are, uh, it's time for you to vote on what you want. So the poll's not up yet, but what we're doing right now is compiling suggestions. So if you are a listener to the show and you have a suggestion of a show that we have not covered yet, and what I mean by that is that we have not covered in the deep dives that we do on our Friday episodes. 
then suggest that. So if there is a show on our weekly jump Monday episodes that you would like to hear us cover episode by episode, instead of just giving a first look review, those are totally in play. The only shows that are not in play are shows that we've already covered from start to finish. So like Cowboy Bebop, we're not going to rewatch that uh, for the show. We will definitely rewatch that on our free time because it's fantastic. But uh, you know, we've already covered it here. So if it's something that we've reviewed, but not covered uh, from start to finish, it's open. If it's something that hasn't shown up on the show at all, and you'd like us to get our hands on it, it's open. Um, there's not going to be nearly as much uh, weight given to something that cannot be legally streamed in the United States. So keep that in mind. If it's a, a hard to find thing, that's going to unfortunately make it less likely. So like darker than black is a show that we would love to cover, but the streaming rights are all messed up and it's hard to find. So yeah, um, dumb, dumb, stupid slap fight streaming service, right? Slap fight. It's absolutely. Yeah. I just, I'm so mad about this still. I am, I am like fully angry about this. To the point where... Well, because Darker Than Black is phenomenal, I've and I really want to cover it. I've, like, legitimately considered writing a very stern stern letter to Amazon. Um, I know I know. Oh, that I thought you were going to say to Joe Biden. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I... I don't. I don't know if he has any sway in the anime of the universe. Here's a thing that dear, will help the American people, Joe. Dear Uncle Joe. <laughs> yeah. So the other thing is, uh, the other thing is, if you're a patron currently, uh, you get a an extra vote and you get extra power. So if you're a if you are a non patron listener you can give us a suggestion and we will pull one show out of the suggestions given to us from our non-patron listeners. If you are a patron listener, you can give us a suggestion as a Patreon supporter and we will pull a, another voting option from the patron-only suggestion. So you're a bigger fish in a smaller pond if you're a patron and you're more likely to get your show onto the um, onto the uh, the poll. Uh, also of note, once the poll comes around, if you are listening, you will be able to vote on it once. If you're a patron, we will reach out to you for a vote as well. So patrons also get to vote twice. Yeah. Um, if you're so. not currently a patron and you become one before all of this voting stuff has closed, you will also still get that vote. So if you are on the fence and that will sway you, then let it sway you. Yeah. With all that being said, we do have Yu Hakusho episodes to talk about today, uh, so let's go ahead and get into previously on Yu Yu Hakusho. Yes, so Yu Yu Hakusho is a series that focuses on a guy named Yusuke Yurameshi. He, at the beginning of the series, is killed in a car accident doing a good deed. The underworld thought he was kind of a sucky dude, and now that he's died doing a good deed, they don't know what to do with him, so they give him the opportunity to come back to life. He succeeds at that, and when he comes back to life, he finds that he can see spiritual beings that he was not able to see before, and he's starting to develop spiritual powers. He is given the job of uh, underworld detective or spirit world detective, um, and he starts being sent on missions by uh, the underworld, specifically by the leader of the underworld, a kid named Koenma, who uh, would like him to, you know, solve various ghost and demon-related problems. Through these challenges, he's made quite a few friends, 
First, he has a sort of frenemy that he's grown up with, a guy named Kuabara, who they have a sort of rival gang leader mentality towards each other. So they're very antagonistic, but they are also, you know, major players in each other's lives. And through that, they they sort of accidentally became friends. And then through the course of the show, Yu Yu Hakusho, they managed to end up becoming allies. Kuabara's spirit power manifests as a a big old lightsaber and um, he is atypically attuned to spiritual things. So he can often sense things that other people can't. Um, I also should point out that Yusuke's spirit power manifests mostly in a spirit gun, which is a big burst of um, spirit energy from his finger. Uh, They made friends with a half demon named Karama that uses uh, demonic plants to fight and also can go full demon sometimes for extra spooky power boost. And they made friends with a full demon, Hiei, who is kind of the Vegeta style friend where he sort of has a chip on his shoulder toward the protagonist, but nothing's ever going to come of it probably. And uh, Hiei is your, your, your dark and strong Vegeta-esque type. He utilizes a sword to fight. He has special demon eyes that let him enhance his power and he can control something called the Dragon of the Darkness Flame that's like a an out-of-control, all-consuming black flame. Uh, like I said already, Koenma runs the underworld. He gives them missions. Uh, he is also standing in for another character right now on their five-man team. That other character is a woman named Genkai. Genkai was a very powerful spiritual user who became Yusuke's mentor and teacher and helped him to become much stronger. Recently in the episodes we've been covering, Genkai was killed, but uh, before she was killed, she transferred all of her remaining power, including some power she had been like storing away and saving up through the years into Yusuke. So he got a huge power boost recently because of her sacrifice. Uh, Yusuke has a sort of middle school-ish girlfriend. Her name's Keiko. They have that kind of like antagonistic relationship where they drive each other nuts, but they also kind of love each other. Uh, Keiko is hanging out with several other girls uh, who um, are watching from the sidelines to provide commentary. But Keiko is really the only one you need to know about specifically here. Um, there's also this weird little penguin-like thing called Pooh. Pooh is a manifestation of Yusuke's spirit energy and has a sort of soul connection with him. Uh, that hatched from an egg that was from way back when he was a ghost. And um, Pooh is a mysterious little thing, and the girls are watching over him. Uh, Yusuke, Kubara, Hiei, Kurama, and uh, subbing in for Genkai, Koenma, are all in the final round of something called the Dark Tournament. This is a tournament that takes place periodically in the demon world. Uh, Very rich, normal humans go to the demon world to bet on the outcomes of the battles, in order to make giant sums of money. And uh, demons come to watch the battles because they are bloody and gratuitous affairs. Uh, Yusuke got roped into this because of a guy named Togoro. He's a big strong boy that they fought previously. And because of his strength, Togoro wanted him to fight in the dark tournament and coerced him into doing so by threatening the lives of his friends. And uh, now Yusuke has been making his way up through the ranks and they've made it all the way to the final round in which they will be facing Togoro and his team. In fact, two of Togoro's teammates have already been defeated and killed, although 
one of those defeats ended in a win for Team Togoro on a technicality. So the score is at one to one. It's a best of a best of five. Is that how you say it? Best of five. So you have to win three. Is that what I'm? Is that right? You have to win three because there's five matches. So they've they've both won one. We've got one one final round before the final fight comes up, which might sound confusing, but we'll explain it to you later. Um, also, I want to point out before we get into these episodes that these are very watchable episodes that you should definitely check out. This is a huge moment in the Yu Yu Hakusho series. Um, and so if you haven't seen it, I would really strongly consider not spoiling it here uh, and watching it first. But that said, there are a lot of really bright, quickly flashing lights in these episodes. And I had to look away from the screen a lot because it hurt my eyes. And if you are at all prone to seizures because of flashing lights, I would uh, keep that in mind before making a decision about watching this. Uh, Otherwise, I would definitely watch it. And uh, that's going to push us into episode 59. All right. So episode 59, The Shadow of Elder Togoro. Um, This episode is great. Um, It is uh, an episode uh, that starts out with them just... Uh, you know, the entire, the entire stadium has been basically just murdered. (laughs) Yeah. They just keep killing off small sections of the audience. Yeah. It's, it's pretty brutal actually. Um, what, what has happened to, uh, uh, so like your first thoughts is just like, okay, so, so what's happened up to this point? Um, oh yeah. He has burned the entire place to the ground basically. (laughs) Yeah, and, and a lot of people along with it. And the demons are all just like, well, it didn't happen to me, so I'm just going to stay, because maybe the next fight will be really cool, though. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, I guess I guess demons are just like, no, it's all right. Uh, we can we can stick around and see how the next fight is going to go. I'm, I'm sure I'm not, not going to be uh, burned alive by somebody powering up in two episodes. Uh, yeah, as, uh, as these fighters become progressively stronger and with progressively more dangerous attacks, it'll probably be fine. <laughs> There's also this moment at the beginning of this episode that I fucking fell out. It's so funny. So the stadium's all fucked up from Hiei's fight, and Hiei has gone into a coma of indeterminate length to recover from the techniques that he used in the fight. And Karama is like, wow, that was a big power-up for Hiei. And now he is so strong that we are going to have to make sure we stay on his good side. Because he's 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 the Vegeta type, so he's a little bit of a loose cannon. He might, he might really go off on us if we get on his bad side. So we're going to have to stay on his good side. And Yusuke is like, well, he didn't tell us how long he's got to hibernate to recover from that. So maybe by the time he wakes up, we will all have died and it won't be our problem. (laughs) And then, in response to this, Koenma, totally deadpan, is like, that's a cheery way to think, Yusuke. I can tell you've dealt with all your problems. (laughs) It is so savage. I can't believe that Yusuke is able to fight after this because he just got taken down by Koenma. Yeah, he's, uh, it's a pretty savage burn. (laughs) It's so good. You know, you think of all those stupid headlines where it's like so-and-so slams whatever for this. And, you know, the word slams has just been overused to the point of meaninglessness. But this is an absolute slam. Kawinma just takes Yusuke's whole life and wrecks it. He tears it to shreds. It's just so... 
Like, this is just, like, assault with a deadly weapon here. It's savage. Yeah, and then Koema, like, whips his hair back and forth, and, like, <laughs> he, like, he, like, pulls, he pulls his wig around a little bit to make sure that it's on in place. Um, yeah, and- Koenma knew that I was watching this during Pride Month and was like, I will give you some gay tear shade <laughs> for your episodes today, and he delivered. Yeah, also, there's a there's a great moment. I can't remember what, what episode it happens in, uh, but Ogre decides that he's going to join the color commentating team, um, <laughs> yeah. and it's, it's just so much, it, it adds so much joy to these episodes. Yeah. Um, if I remember correctly, Ogre is a he's an anime only character, right? Like he, he may show up, but he's not as prominent in the manga. Yeah. That's something what that I've I think read. I learned recently and they do a really good job of giving him fun bits that are actually enjoyable and that do not overstay their welcome. God, Yu Yu Hakusho is so good. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, that takes us into the next fight. Uh, the next fight is going to be, um, the older Togoro brother versus Kuwabara. Um, and this fight really has, uh, I, I would say that it has three sections. Um, so the first section is Kuobara powering up with his new sword. Um, it looks really cool. Uh, but uh, Kuobara is going to slash a single time, think that he is going to actually have hurt Elder Togoro. Um, but it turns out that uh, Elder Togoro has the ability that uh, if you've forgotten about... Um, his whole thing is that he can transform and stretch his body out in a whole bunch of different ways. Um, and he's so, kind of like he's kind of like Apocalypse from the X Men. Yeah, he, he's not really, the movie. He's not really, the movie. He's really creepy. Um, and yeah, wh- he he has basically total control over his like molecular structure. Yeah, so he he pushed himself underground and then appeared behind Kuwabara to stab him in the back with a whole bunch of his fingers. Um, Kuwabara is hurt by this, um, and that leaves us on, like, the cliffhanger, I believe, that takes us into the next episode, which is, uh, episode 60, Sakio's Proposal. Um, so... Yeah, at some point in this fight, Kuwabara finds out that Genkai's dead, because here's yeah. the thing. Yeah, so he's yeah. not gonna be happy about that, but he's also yeah. going to be so angry at the Togoros that he uses another cool ability, which is like a, a shotgun ability, except for his little teeny tiny swords. Um, and it's going to cut up elder Togoro to the point where everybody's just like, he must be dead now. Um, and then he gets back <laughs> up and he's just like, no, no, no. Didn't say the secret I word. Can't be killed. He's like senior <laughs> Chang. He cannot be killed. Yeah. He's, he's, uh, he's, he's unkillable. Um, and so, and so instead of, instead of like coming up with a new idea, um, Kuobara is just like, I'm going to cut you up some more. And then he's just like, yeah, uh, that didn't work the first time. Why did you think Kuobara's it was going to work the second time? You idiot. <laughs> um, and so Kuobara is just like, fuck it. I'm going to turn it into basically, he calls it a fly swatter, but I'm like, that's just yeah. a big frying pan. Um, <laughs> it, it is hilarious that he calls it a fly swatter too because he's been using a sword and a fly swatter sounds just so banal compared to a sword and it's totally like the sort of joke you made at the beginning is totally true that his sword is a crackling energy sword and the fly swatter is just that crackling energy but spread out in a a wide undodgeable swath and the reason he does this is because Toguro is like well, you can't kill me unless you you hit either my brain or my heart. 
And the thing about me is that in the same way that I can change my shape, I can move those things around so you're never going to hit him. And so the, the reason Kuwabara does this is so that he can hit all of Togoro at once. And I think that's pretty fun, even though naming it a fly swatter maybe undercuts that a little bit. Yeah. Um, so after this, uh, we don't see Togoro, the elder Togoro. Um, he turns out that uh, they think that he has been murdered. We'll find out that that is not the case in a little bit. Um, but first, we have to get a new proposal from our best friend, Sakio. Sakio is... Uh, oh, so yeah, so K- Kura- oh, God, Kuwabara is named the uh, the winner of the fight, and Sakio and Togoro, the younger brother Togoro, who is the one that we think of when we say Togoro, uh, they are the only two left on their team. For Yusuke's team, it's Yusuke and uh, Koenma. And Koenma, like we said, he's standing in for Genkai. He is not a fighter. He says this multiple times, and he's like, even if I have to fight Sakio... This businessman who also doesn't seem to have any spirit powers, he's still going to beat me if it's a hand-to-hand fight. Like, there is no way I win this fight. Do whatever you can to have me not fight. And Sakio is going to solve that problem for them by basically agreeing with him, although they don't, like, they're not talking about it. Sakio just has his own agenda, which is he is a big rich boy and he just wants to make money off of this. He does not want to fight. He's just there to, to fill a space. And so he is going to propose that instead of him fighting, that the fight between Yusuke and Togoro count for two fights. So they are doubling the points, which means that this is a winner-take-all fight because the the you know point threshold is three, and both of the teams will get two or past three with the result of this fight. Uh, so this is it. This is the big finale. And uh, I was kind of surprised by this, yeah. even though... When you stop to think about it, you're like, well, it's got to be soon. Um, But I I don't know. It just seems like it it just felt like I'm just so used to anime dithering before you get to the final fight, often in ways that are interesting, but that definitely prolong that anticipation of what's going to happen once the final fight finally gets here. And instead, Sakio is just like, I think instead of us doing more dithering, we should go into the final fight right now. And everybody agrees with him, and then it just happens. And this is just, like, totally unheard of in my experience, and I found it baffling but delightful. Yeah, we're also going to find out uh, some more about Sakio and uh, his past, uh, a.k.a. That he used to he used to work at a pet shop uh, that murdered pets. Um, he was one of the pet shop boys. He was one of the pet murderers. He's the <laughs> pet shop murderer boy. He's uh he's the worst. <laughs> yeah, he he says there's this shot where he's like giving a an a voiceover of his childhood, and he, what he says in the voiceover is. I think I had a pretty average adolescence and what you see on the screen is like a pretty close up shot of his face with just like blood on it. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly not his blood. And I'm like, I don't know, man. I didn't have a lot of those experiences. (laughs) (laughs) You know, a normal everyday childhood (laughs) filled with murder. (laughs) Yeah. Filled with, the the straight up most murdery of murder trains <laughs> you but, know like a child <laughs> yeah you know how children do um 
But uh, that's that's going to be, uh, you know, I guess how Sakio lived his life uh, as a child. <laughs> and, yeah, it, you know, it's just I don't want to get too political here, but there's just so much evidence of like rich people becoming completely detached from what the normal experience is because of them living their lives as rich people. And this is just so accidentally that same thing where he's just like, yeah, uh, you know what, pe- what normal teenagers do is they just murder, murder pets. Uh, and I, I think that was a really average, even boring adolescence. If I have to be honest. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it's borderline, it's borderline like fall asleep. If you met, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> Oh man, it's just, it's just, oh man, I just, I just like, the more I watch this show, the more I'm like, the character building is like, great, and also like, you you sometimes get these moments where you're just like, oh god, these, this villain is just like, is, is too, almost too villainous. <laughs> yeah, but that does, that's what's so good about it, is that there's something real about them like like Sakio is this horrible amoral businessman but he I guess this is what it is and this is actually just a really simple trick for good character writing actually which is that they want something they want something that they don't have and that they can't just go get and I think that's a pitfall that people fall into a lot with villains that are supposed to be overly powerful and overly dangerous is that they get they they create the villain from the powers up and so you make this this villain that is borderline godlike and borderline unkillable and then you have to reverse engineer a way for the heroes to beat them which sometimes can feel like an ass pull and then after you've done all of that you're like ah this character has to be a character too and they have to like say things and have a personality and and have some sort of plan that they're trying to enact that is that causes the heroes to fight them. And so I think a lot of times people fall into this trap of villains taking the air out of the room because they just seem too strong that there's all there's almost a reverse of the tension where you're like, there's no way the heroes can beat them. And so I'm I'm scared for the heroes, but I don't feel that there is like a chance. And so I it just feels like hopeless. And then the villain is so strong that you're like, I don't know what they want or why they want it or why they can't just go get it. Cause they're so strong. And I think what they do here is that Sakio is a rich guy and he wants more riches, but he has, he has a certain honor code that, that has him wanting to gamble with those riches, which comes from that history of learning to gamble and finding that he could make himself rich through, through high stakes gambling, but also that he, he wants to, he wants to win the gamble because it's exhilarating. Like he could totally sick the Togura brothers on all these other people and just take their money. But where's the fun in that? And I think that that makes him a great villain because he does have that ultimate power, you know, by proxy, but he doesn't want to use it for specific reasons that feel like they make him a more interesting character rather than that. They make him a character that has a random narrative roadblock. And Togro is the same thing where you're just like, this is a guy that's crazy strong, mm. but he wants to fight Yusuke at the end of this tournament because if Yusuke can't make it to the end of the tournament, he's not worth fighting. And he wants to fight Yusuke not because he wants to beat the shit out of him, but because he hopes that Yusuke puts up a fight. Like he 
He's not doing this because he knows he can win. He's doing it because he thinks he can win, but he thinks he's going to have to try really hard at winning. And that is so much more interesting. Yeah. So that takes us into our last four episodes. And I say that because this these four episodes are one of the most important fights inside of Yu Yu Hakusho. Um, they are strung together. And uh, if you are somebody who um, is just listening... Um, you might want to go and watch these episodes uh, just because yeah. the... Again, the, lots of flashing lights. Be, mm, keep that in mind. Be aware of <laughs> it's that. It's really uh, bright and shocking that they flash so much. Yeah, so uh, these episodes are episode 61, Yusuke versus Togoro, 62, Togoro's Full Power, episode 63, Yusuke's Despair, and episode 64, Togoro's Desire. And I say all of that in, in, in letting you know to watch these episodes... The reasoning why is that Yu Yu Hakusho does this thing um, very well in that they play out a fight in a really interesting uh, way with a twist in it. Um, And the twist in this one, if you're watching along with the show and you're just like, I'm just going to listen to these episodes, there is a huge, huge important plot point that is going to happen um, inside of one of these episodes. Um, and you want to watch first. Spoiler ahead. Um, you know, make your own choices. Yeah. But most people should watch this first. <laughs> yeah. So, um, the the fight starts with uh, Yusuke and Togoro trading blows. Um, Yusuke is just like, uh, just goes ham on him to begin with. But if we've always learned anything from... I'm just going to punch you a whole bunch of times, but that is, that is not how shonen fights end up going down. Um, if one, yeah, we just watched a Dragon Ball movie. We were not tricked. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, it's going to turn out that Togoro is just like, I'm not using my full power and Yusuke is just like, okay. And so Togoro powers up more and he punches Yusuke super hard. Um, and Yusuke is like, shit. And then Togoro is just like, I also have this other ability where I could just shoot out pieces of my finger at you. Um, and he's just like yeah. flicking at him hit little pieces of his finger. And it's just like horribly, horribly powerful. And Yusuke is just like, oh God, I'm going to die here, aren't I? Um, and it turns out... Yeah, he has this moment where he's like, I really hope that Togoro starts to think that this is boring. Because if he doesn't do that soon, I'm just going to get got. <laughs> Yeah, and so it Togoro's just like, I know that you're stronger than this. What can I do to push you further? And so he gets into a spat with um, one of our characters, uh, Kuwabara. Well, there's stuff that happens before this that I, I thought was really nice. Uh, okay. We talked about the... Um, we talked about the... Uh, the common shonen anime trope of I am not at full power because I'm wearing heavy clothes and you didn't know they were heavy clothes until I took them off and it turns out they were heavy. And Yusuke has one of these, but instead of it being clothes, they're this thing called spirit cuffs. And it turns out that Genkai, when she was still alive and transferring her power into him, she, she put these spirit cuffs on him. And the thing about the spirit cuffs is that you have to use your full physical strength and your full spiritual strength, and those strengths have to be in harmony with each other in order to not just have your hands and feet clasped together. And so this whole time that Yusuke's been moving around normally, he's been diverting 
a focused, controlled, full power version of himself to moving casually. And he he's given this um, this code word to break the shackles. It, it's the sort of more interesting equivalent of getting the nod from your sensei that you can take the heavy clothes off. And he does it. And there's this amazing like outpouring of energy from him that actually forms like a Phoenix around him, which is very cool, especially as an X-Men fan. And uh, this was just such a great moment. And it's such a common trope to the point of being overused, but it is done in a way that feels new and different here to the point where I was like, I recognize this, I recognize this trope, but I don't recognize the way that they're doing it. And that makes it feel exciting. Just like the first time you ever see it, you know, the first time you see somebody be like, these clothes are heavy when you're fighting, when Rock Lee is fighting Gara and he takes off his ankle weights and you're like, oh shit, he was that fast and he was being weighted down. That's a huge moment. But then once you see Piccolo do that a thousand times, you're like, okay, this is just that thing that they do sometimes. But Yusuke doing it here, it just feels so fresh and new and it's so cool. And it allows Yusuke to get back in the fight. But Toguro is so strong that him getting back into the fight really just means that Yusuke is not losing badly anymore. And then Toguro turns himself into his 100% form, which is normally Toguro looks like a big muscly guy that can turn himself into a bigger, more muscly guy. And now he's turned himself into almost like a, a golem like craggy. He looks like he would feel like punching a mountain if you punched him because his skin turns all gray and he's got all these like outcroppings. Uh, and also a side result of him turning into 100% is that he starts vaporizing the demons in the audience because he's so strong that they can't stand up against him and his power demands a lot. So it's just like sort of passively sucking out the souls of the demons around him. And it's great. This is just such a good back and forth escalation of I wasn't at my full strength. Here is why. Here is how I go to my full strength. And here is the new situation you're in. And they both do it. And it's it's just really, really good. But Yusuke is still not at his full strength, which does lead us to this part that Spencer was talking about. Yeah. So the the super important thing that is going to happen is that Kuwabara is going to get into the fray knowing that he is not going to be able to actually stand up against Toguro, but he's not Why willing. does he do this, though? This is very important. Why yeah. are you skipping this? So, so the reason why he's doing this, though, is that he is, he is trying to uh, remind people of... No, no, no. Genkai did this. Why are you skipping the Genkai part? Okay, okay. Go over the Genkai part. Genkai... Who is dead? Who is dead? Gets brought back to life, presumably because of Koenma. Because right before she shows up, Koenma's like, "I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to bring her out if Yusuke has any chance to win this." And so, theoretically, Koenma causes Genkai's spirit to come back. It then possesses Pooh, the little spirit penguin avatar of Yusuke's, which then comes down into the arena to talk to Toguro and Yusuke. And it's like, Toguro, I can tell that you're upset that Yusuke is not using his full power. The thing about Yusuke is that he he unconsciously holds his power back and doesn't know how to access it. Uh, the only times that he's ever accessed it are when his friends are in mortal danger. 
And so all you have to do to get him to release his power is to kill one of his friends. And this is Genkai, who was also allies with them, who's just like so casually like, yeah, off one of these bitches and he's going to go for it. Yeah. And I, that's why Togoro goes after Kuwabara. And Yusuke is just like, what the fuck? Yeah. And Genkai's like, well, here's the thing. Togoro is going to beat you if you don't access this power. And honestly, I don't think you can access it unless somebody dies. And so somebody's got to die. And her reasoning is sound, but this is like top tier dick move. Yeah, I I think the reason why I, I didn't want to talk about this as much is because I feel like this is such a bullshit ass pull moment. <laughs> like, I, I just it is. I just hate it. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with you, but it is also, it, it, it's sort of required because Togoro, like like we were saying earlier, Togoro is a good character. And so Togoro is not going to go around killing Yusuke's friends willy nilly. And you could justify it by saying Togoro figures out that he's going to have to kill it, kill Yusuke's friends in order to get him mad enough to unleash his power. That would have worked also. But this is more interesting, even though it is borderline character assassination for Genkai. Oh, yeah, it's definitely character assassination. It's not borderline. It, it's actually character assassination. Um, it's, it's, it's so frustrating to me that, like, I legitimately just don't even want... It's just... I, I want it to be a different way. <laughs> I, I think... I don't completely agree with you on there. And I don't want to spend all our time discussing it. Cause I think this is something that we can throw to people in our discord as a discussion topic, which is, I think that Genkai has been a hard ass this whole time and has routinely expressed things like, well, if you're not strong enough to support this and it kills you, then that's what happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, when she was passing on her power when she in the arc where she was first introduced, she did not want the demon Rando to win because she knew that if he won and got her power, that he would cause untold havoc on, you know, the human world and the spirit world, and that he would be basically unstoppable. But that didn't stop her from saying that if he wins, I will still train him because those are the rules. So there's yeah. there's an aspect of her character that is just uh dispassionately focused on the end goal and the morality of the steps to get to that end goal don't affect her that said i think you have a leg to stand on which is that she has been his mentor for a while she's also taught kuwabara and so having having this be her suggestion is a little much and so i think yeah. that it, I, maybe I think she that was a hoping good discussion that he would is go, this may- Maybe he was. She was hoping that he would go and go and kill, uh, like he a. <laughs> well, that's what I. Th- well, <laughs> what I thought was that she was anticipating that Yusuke would unleash this power in order to stop the bad thing from happening, rather mm-hmm. than as a response to the bad thing having happened, mm-hmm. and uh, and that that is a gambit that does not, in, in fact, pay off. But yeah, uh, join the Discord. Uh, once we put put this episode up, we've got different channels for each of the shows we're covering so hop in there and uh put in your thoughts is this in character for genkai and why or is it out of character for genkai and why yeah so um that that leads us to kuwabara getting murked um and uh hate this because kuwabara is maybe my favorite character yeah um he does have just like a really beautiful couple of moments before he goes um, and, uh, it is, it is, uh, marked down as like one of the most poignant, um, voiceover moments, 
um, in in some of my early anime watching, um, which was like this this moment where he's he's just talking about himself and being a man. Um, it's just a it's a beautiful moment. Um, and after he gets killed, Yusuke releases his full potential. Um, and uh, there's a great moment where Togoro is just like. I'm going to get into a fight with you, but maybe you need to be pushed even further. I'll go kill somebody else. And Yusuke grabs his arm and he's just like, oh, I'm not so letting cool. go of you and I am not going to take this. And so you can see this moment of like Yusuke holding on, Togoro seeming to pull away. There's like a crackling of energy. And then this, the ground underneath them just like shatters. And it's just like, oh shit. Um, okay. And uh, then there is uh, a a battle of powers. Yusuke is going to shoot him once with a spirit gun. It is going to basically uh, look like Togoro has his neck broken, but he's just like, I'm sick of you bullshitting. Stop pretending that you're using all of your power. Use your whole power or I'm uh, I'm going to be really pissed off. And he's like, and if I beat you this time, I don't want to see you ever again. Um, which I was thinking like, I don't want to see you ever again. You're going to kill him if you beat him, right? <laughs> Yeah, um, because if you don't kill him, he's going to come kill your whole family. Um, yeah, there's a solution to that, and it is the end of this fight. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, the end of this fight basically is Togoro going full strength to block an attack, which is the final spirit gun wave that uh, Yusuke is going to shoot at him. It looks like Yusuke, Yusuke passes out from using this final spirit gun. It looks like Togoro is going to be able to stand up to it, but Togoro is just, he has this final poignant moment where he's just like, thank you for being a like letting me use all of my potential and all of my fighting strength. You were worth it. It was worth the wait. I think I'm ready to go. And then his body, his like outer shell breaks into a bunch of pieces, and you see his skin underneath, and it's just like ripped into shreds. And then I don't know if this was an anime oopsie or like they meant to do this, but the next time you see his body, it's just all white, like a husk on the ground. And yeah, I was just it like, looks oh. like <laughs> he's desiccated, you know, it looks like he got so fucked up that he's just like shriveling away. Like he uh, looked at the Ark of the Covenant or something. Yeah, he's uh, he's Mother Gothel from the movie Tangled uh, when she loses her. <laughs> Uh, staying young powers and she falls into dust before hitting the ground. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And that's the end of the dark tournament. So, yeah, uh, Yusuke stands up. He's he's declared the winner because it looks like they're both knocked out, but then he stands up and he's a winner. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, that's, uh, that's, that's all we have for Yu Yu Hakusho this week. Um, so it stick with us. It feels like this should be the end of the show, honestly. But there's two more seasons. There's two more arcs after this, I believe. Like there's, there's yes. this is halfway through the show, even though it feels like the ending. Yeah. So uh, um, who knows what's gonna happen? So be prepared. More Yu Yu shows coming. But uh, stick with us after these credits, and we'll talk about what's coming on next week. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions and presented as part of the Geekly Grind Podcast Network. Sound editing is done by Rashad English. He's our level thirteen sound wizard. 13? Did he jump even more levels? He gained a lot of experience by defeating the Dark Lord of Smooth Jazz. Do you mean Chuck Mangione from King of the Hill? Rashad is the King of the Hill now. Damn it, Bobby. Anyway, our podcast is ad-free, and if you want to keep it that way, please consider supporting us on Patreon. 
Follow us on Twitter at B and S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash Get Jumped. Also, we have a Discord server. You can find the links to that on all of our social media platforms. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New review episodes come out every Monday, and new rewatch episodes appear every Friday. And hey, thanks for listening. Hello, my name is Jeremy Snow, owner and editor-in-chief of The Geekly Grind. We interrupt your awesome, regularly scheduled programming to ensure you're aware of the Geekly Grind podcast network, of which this show is a treasured member of. If you haven't had a chance to check out our site, you can do so at thegeeklygrind.com, and while you're there, take a look at the other members of our steadily growing podcast family, including the anime-centric Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, discovering new heroes on comic book keepers with Chris and Lance, exploring the vast universe of geekdom with Geeksploration, or appreciating animation's finer details with JD's Ink and Paint Club. Escape your weekly grind at the Geekly Grind. Next time on Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, we're watching Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, episodes 13 through 15. Where sometimes you just gotta get super hard so that nobody can defeat you. Yeah, that's true. Happy Pride. Yep. Yep.